Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in-the-weeds expertise from today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. At Content Allies, we turn you and your organization into industry thought leaders. We interview you and your leadership team and then turn those interviews into articles, white papers, videos, podcasts, and social content. Learn more and say hello at contentallies.com. All right, William. So for everyone out there who doesn't know you and Lead Genius and what you guys do, can you just uh, give us the little spiel, I guess, and a little background on uh, you and the company? Absolutely. I uh, appreciate you having me on, Jay. Um, I am the Senior Manager of Content and Media Strategy at Lead Genius. My name is William Wickey. Um, my roles and responsibilities over here are everything from content marketing strategy to public relations, analyst relations, paid media, email marketing, uh, sales enablement, all sorts of stuff. So why does all that fall under my umbrella? Well, it's... Um, a lean team we have over here. If you're not familiar with Lead Genius, Lead Genius is based in Berkeley, California. Uh, we were a Y Combinator company in 2012 with about 49 employees. And what we do is source high quality and custom leads for B2B sales and marketing teams. The thing that we do that's a little bit different is that the way we actually get data is through a combination of machine learning, which our technical co-founders Um, worked on as PhDs at Berkeley, as well as um, crowdsourced information. So we use a crowd of about 100, or excuse me, 1,000 people uh, across the globe in about 41 countries to append records with custom data and basically um, solve what is called the last mile problem in machine learning, where if you're familiar with Siri, you're familiar with um, a lot of AI, quote-unquote, powered applications, they're good at getting things right about you know 70% of the time. In a business scenario, you really got to get to 100%, and especially with leads and being efficient with the type of data that's going into your B2B marketing system. We use humans to do that final piece and make sure the stuff is quality assured, the info is guaranteed. So that's a little overview of uh, what I do over here and what Lead Genius does. Yeah. And so I'm curious to guess um, just more about Lead Genius and how what what all that looks like. So you guys are doing actual research to get data on prospects for companies, and then are you guys actually doing the outreach as well? But can you just kind of fill in the bigger picture on that? Sure. So there's two typical use cases. Um, we work at Lead Genius across market tiers. So in the past, we've worked a lot with small companies and mid market companies. In recent years, we've moved on up to an enterprise focus where our customers are folks like uh, Google and IBM and Box, um, eBay, folks like that. And regardless of market tier, there's usually two scenarios that will prompt a a customer to come and talk to Lead Genius. Either one, they need new leads. They know that there's a market or a vertical that they want to target, but they don't have the information in their system yet. So there's a couple ways you could get it. You could go to sort of a competitive vendor, someone who sells lead lists, and try and add it in there. Trouble is that sometimes there's accuracy problems with that and incompleteness in terms of the data you really need. 
you could have your sales reps or SDRs do it in-house, but that can be um, a pretty expensive for an SDR to spend their time looking things up and uh, making edits in Salesforce, et cetera. Uh, you really want those people selling. Or you could have another team like Outsource do it, and that can be a, a lot to manage. So what we do at Lead Genius for new lead generation is just be that premium provider where a company knows who they want to go after and say, let me fill it. Like, I want these records in my system for either um, a marketing or sales context. So reps reaching out or you know, entering them into personalized email drips and stuff like that. The other scenario is if you are a large company, um, and this is more typical of enterprises, you have a gigantic database of accounts and contacts in your system. And you'd be, you'd be surprised at the highest level with a lot of these companies how jumbled things are. Um, you've typically got a database like Salesforce or Marketo where data is pouring in from a whole lot of different places. It's your online channels. Um, reps are in there updating it manually. You've typically got a couple of different lead vendors. And, and what it looks like at the end of the day is sort of a tangle. Sometimes there's outdated data and missing fields. And you know your best customers really you know, um, say, sell uh, to people who use Google AdWords. Um, you're going to want to know if that pixel is on you know, all the, the sites of the accounts in your database. So if you know you've got this big block of people um, who you want to get more value out of, Lead Genius can go in and make sure that those records are up to date, have the information that they need. And then the next step from there is actually honing in on where the biggest opportunity value is. So we do a little calculation on top of that. Once we get the data looking the way it needs to, where the next best opportunity lies. So actually providing go-to-market insights for customers. In the past, we actually have done um, some outreach, but that's not one of Lead Genius's core functionalities necessarily. Lead Genius has an outreach product where people can set up customized email drips and route positive responses directly to the appropriate rep. We've found that about a, th about a fourth of our customers use that component of our service, but for the most part, uh, people are using their own email platforms. They're using a marketing automation platform like Marketo, or they're using something like Outreach.io for managing individual email conversations with a rep, per se. Nice. That makes sense. And that's uh, what you guys are talking about with the research. It just being that premium provider makes so much sense because... I've used a ton of the software tools out there, a bunch of the different databases, and you're kind of, you know, always going to have a pretty big gap that's just not right data. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like you guys kind of become the premium provider. You take it to the next level to make sure that the leads they're getting are actually quality hand vetted as opposed to just, you know, the output of some computer system. That's exactly right. We, we quality assure each lead, each data point in each lead actually with, with humans and of the other solutions out there, there's definitely um, a time and a place for using a big vendor like data.com where you're paying a really low cost per lead. Um, there are certain use cases where that is valuable. And we have customers come to us with you know, 10, 12 different list providers. And one of the things we actually have been doing more and more for people is then evaluating and enriching the leads they've gotten elsewhere and telling them, okay, you've got 15 different lead providers, but actually really only two of them are, are giving you value. 
So we can help supplement and then tell you who you need to, to let go of. Um, there's solutions out there where there's just sort of big databases of leads. Um, that's the pure data approach to, to lead generation. Sometimes leads can sit around and get a little bit stale and competitors are also reaching into that same cookie jar and using the same data as you. So decision makers can get a little bit worn out sometimes. Um, there's the human way, uh, which I mentioned with reps and, um, or you know, outsourcing a team, but that can be expensive or tough to manage. And then there's technology solutions where um, you're making it easier for your people to pull down information. That'd be like a LinkedIn navigator or a Datanize, um, but it is a little bit DIY. So we combine all three of those into a technology solution that is really geared towards just making it efficient for outbound marketing and sales teams who typically have you know, a handful up to hundreds of sales reps sell more efficiently. Nice. That's awesome. And, and so your role as senior manager of content media and, uh, and strategy, I guess, what does that look like? How long have you been in that role? And can you just share with us a bit more just about what your, all your responsibilities look like? Sure. So I've been here at Lead Genius for about two and a half years. That was just prior to our Series A funding here. So the company was fairly small uh, when I jumped on board, about 20 people. Um, since that time, we've about doubled um, in terms of headcount revenue, or maybe just a little bit more. Um, we got our Series B funding uh, in Q3 of last year and um, have about 49 employees now. So there's been a, a significant amount of growth for the company, but also in my role as well. Um, we have five people in-house who work on marketing. Uh, we have our director of marketing who reports to the CEO. We have myself. We have a demand generation individual. Um, I have uh, two people working on content and one specifically in video. And then everything else is um, basically freelancers and different agencies that orbit around our core marketing function. Uh, we have the digital advertising function outsourced to a small agency. We have um, PR person working on our behalf. So making sure and coordinating all of those different folks is really the, the crux of my responsibility. Since we are pretty small, um, there's definitely a, a hands-on component. Email strategy uh, looks like, um, in my world, figuring out who to target, what to say to them, and in many cases, actually creating the copy around that. Um, part of the reason we were hopping on the call today is because We'd recently teamed up with some other folks in the B2B industry, Ambition and Prezi, who a lot of your listeners probably know. Prezi has a new business solution that um, we came together to write an ebook. Um, you can find it at www.b2btrendsintech.com. Something like that ebook is uh, fulfilling a strategic focus for us. Hopefully, it's offering a lot of value to the people who read it. Um, but identifying that strategic focus and then actually writing that book, being an author on it, um, is kind of the full scope of the things that I am working on here. Some of the other stuff that ends up um, getting moved in to my area is top of the funnel product marketing. We have a SaaS product. So understanding the messaging and the copy and the user flow, the customer experience or user experience um, for things like a free acquisition tool falls into my area. 
um, analyst relationships when we're briefing people at companies like Forrester and Serious Decisions. Um, basically anything that is not events, outbound email marketing, um, or big picture um, strategic vision that falls in the lap of our director of marketing over here is in my wheelhouse. So I imagine that's, that sounds like a lot. Like when you just described everything you're handling, that seems like a, a ton on your plate. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, you know, leading this and having all these different responsibilities or these different areas that you're jumping in and out of, uh, how do you kind of manage that workload or any systems that you use to, to keep all that straight? Sure. So it's, it's a lot here. Um, interestingly enough, one of the things that I do to make that workload a little bit more manageable is um, we have switched in many cases to an agile marketing project management system. So most people listening probably are familiar with stuff like Basecamp or different Kanban type card systems. Um, We have actually switched to um, what is called Scrum. This is uh, a cue we've taken from our own product development team. And I don't think this has really penetrated that deep into um, the marketing industry yet, but I think a lot more people will start focusing on agile marketing. You'll start hearing more about it and um, Scrum project management. This isn't the best fit in every single scenario, but it has been tremendously helpful in juggling all those different things that I was talking about. Essentially, instead of you know putting what is basically a note card in you know on the corkboard. Um, or a software version of the corkboard and saying, you know, to do in progress done, um, we've got a queue um, that is vertically prioritized. Um, you can mark things highest priority, communicate with stakeholders uh, within the application itself. And I should say what we're using for this is um, Jira. Um, it's an Atlassian product, um, same product our development team is using for product development. Um, so that's been one way that we've been able to juggle all this different stuff at once, basically have a different board for my technical marketing contact, a different board for um, landing page development and copywriting, um, different board for um, PR and speaking engagements and thought leadership. Because stuff changes so quickly in all those different areas, um, it's a little bit more flexible in that format. So that's that's one way we've been able to um, make that very diverse workload a little bit more manageable. Yeah. And so are you doing kind of sprints with that kind of flow as well, where you have different, you know, like you're kind of tackling it week by week, or is it just kind of prioritizing and just kind of going at it or what, how do I like, can you kind of go into that agile on how you do that in marketing in a bit more detail? Sure. So some things do have a, we break off into sprints, two week sprints. Um, other things are open-ended. Um, for example, technical uh, marketing projects we have just in an open-ended queue. And that's just purely in relationship to the resource allocated for getting that stuff done. So our in-house development team, um, a lot of our technical marketing is happening in-house. So we have a point of contact over there who basically has more work than they can handle in the backlog at any given time. So in a weekly sync meeting, uh, myself and Dexter, our, uh, one of our product managers, is actually going through um, this list and figuring out who's going to work on stuff. Um, I should say, too, that we do also manage stuff in a traditional calendar. 
Um, and when I say traditional, I mean traditional. Uh, right behind our desks is just three giant, um, you know, three foot by three foot month calendars where I am moving basically release dates of different types um, of customer facing marketing. So like an email, the release of a press release, stuff like that. Things that are going out into the world with just post-it notes. So there is not one project management or project management approach we found that is the silver bullet for all the stuff we need in marketing. Um, but we're constantly trying to pare down what we've got in the mix. Um, not too long ago for us, and I know a lot of other teams, marketing project management can be a, a big uh, a big tangle of technologies. You've got a few things in Trello, and then your agency prefers to use Basecamp, and then you've got you know a calendar in a Google Doc, and you know maybe the the product team is doing stuff in Jira in multiple different formats. So um, we've largely been able to reduce it to um, just Jira in the Scrum format, um, either in a sprint or open ended, and then physical calendar, um, and keep everything organized that way. Nice, that's awesome and. So that's incredible. I love that call on whole system. And I definitely understand that, yeah, there's no one size fits all for everything. It seems like you guys have paired quite a few together. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I also wonder is just, you know, about how you actually measure progress with all of this. You have all these different campaigns, these different roles going on. Um, how at Lead Genius are you guys using data to actually measure the progress? Or how are you or the marketing team actually measured? So we have an OKR system, objectives and key results, and that's ultimately how we're going to measure success. Um, That's for our team. That's for other teams here as well. OKRs, your audience is probably familiar with them. Um, We use the system that was popularized by Google where you're setting up basically quarterly goals um, and trying to set them where you feel confident you're going to hit 70% of this and 100% is a stretch goal. So that's the way that we are setting goals. And this could be um, in relationship to conversion rates. This could be new leads that that fit a specific customer profile. Um, This could be in terms of visitors um, or actual releases of certain types of product. We might say we want to get three press releases out in a quarter or we want to get, um, you know, X amount of, of landing pages up like that. So big picture objective is, is something that's a kind of aspirational. Um, the key results are the number-based criteria that we're actually evaluating the success of the department. We used to manage that in seven geese uh, and just recently moved to Lattice. And so for you, I guess, then kind of with content marketing, like what are some of those key metrics that you as an individual are consistently working toward? Sure. So for for me, since we sell to B two B companies and we are you know consistently moving up market, qualified leads is the biggest thing. So we have a hard gate on um, our inbound lead forms for people who are at companies that are one to ten. Um, sorry for anyone who's listening is one to ten, but we filter people out, <laughs> filter those people out, let them know that. Just honestly, hey, we haven't seen a ton of success um, at the price point that Lead Genius is for you know companies your size. 
we'll probably have something that is a little bit more self-serve in the future and we'll circle back with you. Um, but people who are one to 10, we are, you know, putting into one workflow, people who are a different market tier, we're working into another. And then we have folks who uh, really fit our ideal customer profile. And that's what I'm going to set metrics around. So total leads there. And then also growth month over month is something that, that we're looking at. Also, uh, MQL, marketing qualified lead to opportunity conversion rate is a big one. So we've said that we want to drive this many people. Now, are we um, on target with that estimate? And are we providing enough materials uh, from the time someone requests a demo or inbounds during the sales process in a sales enablement capacity to make sure that that person is actually becoming um, an opportunity that's workable? So those are some of the big ones. Nice. That makes sense. And so, well, let's dive into then this ebook that you've been working on. You kind of mentioned that a little bit briefly, but um, I know this was a really big initiative that you guys recently launched and just put out there. So can you, I guess, share a bit more with us about how this came to be, the purposes of this, uh, where this all came from? Sure. So the ebook is the 2017 Trends and Tech Guide for B2B Sales and Marketing. Um, you can find it for free at b2btrendsintech.com. Um, myself and co-writers over at Ambition and Prezi um, started writing this book towards the end of last year, and we just released it a couple weeks ago. I've been getting a, a ton of great feedback. And the purpose of this ebook um, is, is basically this. There's a lot of trends guides out there. Um, there's a lot of technology guides out there. At the beginning of every year, you always see, here's the big things that are going to happen with marketing in um, you know, 2000X, the coming year. Um, articles on that, eBooks on that, PDFs on that. You see the same thing with technology. Like Here's the technology that you need to take a look at for the coming year and the categories that you should evaluate. Um, so I'll be the first to admit that this isn't a revolutionary concept. You know, there's stuff out there like this, um, but we wanted to do it just very well and with a specific mentality to make it as actionable and as easily digestible as possible. You know, this is a, a long ebook, but there's a, there's stuff out there that is just too big for our decision makers who are basically directors of marketing you know, VPs of marketing at large companies to sit down and read. So this is something that is hopefully actionable and digestible uh, for the type of people that we're attempting to target and follows a specific path. So those tech guides and those trends guides that I mentioned usually don't exist together. They're kind of just both out there. And we wanted to combine the two because we don't think that it's, um, it's worth talking about the trends unless you're talking about, um, the things that are actually going to help you address those things. Um, similarly, with the technology, it can be very difficult, if you look at the guides out there, just to lump, lump technologies into specific categories because there's so many uh, multi-purpose tools out there um, to say, you know, Lead Genius is a sales enablement tool is, is missing some of the, the bigger picture because we also support marketing teams and, you know, we have an email function, et cetera. That is true for almost every technology out there. So the way this ebook is arranged is that we're starting with high-level trends, um, a handful of them, nine in fact, that we see shaping the market. And these trends are creating needs at various B2B marketing and sales organizations. So if you see those needs, 
in your company or in your org, we're then offering some advice on the technology you should evaluate if you see that. Not everyone who reads this is going to have every trend affect them equally, but hopefully by looking at this list of trends, they'll get an idea of where the market is headed. And for each one we break down, here are the needs that this trend is driving. If you see that at your company, then you should at least be checking out and demoing some of the stuff that's out there to help you address that. That's the concept in a nutshell. Nice. And then, so how does this, you know, I mean, I I love the concept. It makes a ton of sense into how that fits into the two, you know, your decision makers and the audience that you guys are going after. Um, So how does this like ebook or how does this strategy play into the bigger picture? Is this you know, the top of the nurture funnel or just kind of describe, I guess, how this plays into the bigger marketing picture for you guys. Sure. For us, this is, um, fits a couple needs. And you mean the, the ebook specifically as it relates to lead geniuses goals. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So for us, this is definitely a top of the funnel piece of content, but when I'm creating stuff, um, and when it comes to content strategy, I think it is in the best interest of, of content marketing managers and, and marketing directors to always look for content that is going to provide value in multiple stages of the funnel. So though the primary goal of this is to get new leads and even you know above the funnel or before that, just let people know that you know we are thinking how we're thinking about the market and lead genius along with president ambition is companies you should trust and um, you know, want to check out and see how they might help you um, achieve your own business goals. With that piece of the puzzle being our primary focus, we also want this to be valuable in the hands of our sales reps when they're having a conversation with someone who's already requested a demo. We want this to be valuable to someone who is a current customer at Lead Genius, and you know, in the stages of a renewal process. Um, and typically, there's a handful of people involved in those decision making. Um, efforts because of the price point for us. And this is something that folks can share at their organization and say, here's something valuable that will give you a, a look at what's happening in the market and, you know, lead genius ambition and present you the folks who put it together. So top of the funnel is the focus, but uh, we're hoping to get value out of it beyond um, in basically every different tier. Nice. That's awesome. And, and so what are some of the key insights that you, you guys learned in putting this whole book together? I know you covered a bunch of different areas and trends and everything, but I'm curious, what are some of like the, the ones that just stuck out to you personally that were just kind of drastic new things you guys were kind of learning about the trends? I think that one of the big things that jumped out to me, one of the, the, the trends that we highlight in here is account-based marketing coming of age. And what we mean by that is that if you are um, in B2B marketing or sales, you probably heard a ton about account-based marketing in 2016. It was a very hot buzzword, and marketing and salespeople love their buzzwords. We're not, we're not innocent there. Um, but in a very real sense, this is a concept that seems like it should be super simple, but actually creates... Um, really big operational hurdles for companies that want to adopt account-based marketing. So, um, you know, in brief, if you're not familiar with ABM, basically it's super simple. Instead of targeting individual contacts, um, you want to target an entire account. The reason is um, decision makers often change. Targeting multiple decision makers at once 
uh, leverages, allows you to leverage uh, dynamics um, of group decision making and um, just helps speed along a sales process that might take fairly long if you're just contacted with one individual, speed up the sales cycle by getting the right message to all the right people at once. So that's pretty basic. It's not new. This is something that enterprise sales has done for a long time. Um, but what is new is that people are trying to do this at scale. Um, switching from a contact or a lead-based marketing strategy or sales strategy is actually tricky when it comes to figuring out how you do this in terms of how Salesforce or your CRM is set up, how your marketing automation, um, email strategy is set up, the analytics behind it, et cetera. So at Lead Genius, we work with all sorts of marketing and sales teams, and this has been on the tip of everyone's tongue. And while we support people in any type of marketing or sales strategy, a lot of people are coming to us and saying, wait, how do we make ABM work with our current setup? How do we get the data that we need in order to execute on this? We know that um, our decision-making panel is basically, you know, let's say a VP of sales, and then the VP of marketing is also involved in the conversation or decision-maker. And then my sales manager is actually using these leads to feed um, his AE, um, the AEs who are, are working in like, you know, a um, outbound context. All those people are involved in the process. Now, we know we need to go out there and get them, help us do that. So the actual um, process questions around account-based marketing, implement it and be successful with it is one of the big trends we see driving decision-making period in B2B marketing and sales, but specifically in terms of technology adoption. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. I know it's a trend that has just grown significantly over the past few years and it's, you know, it was all inbound for several years and now this account-based and outbound marketing is becoming um, a very big part of that. And so it seems like that's uh, definitely a growing trend. And so I'm curious, you know, what are some of the other insights that you learned from the book or any of the other ones that stuck out to you? Sure. So um, you mentioned outbound. That is definitely another piece of the puzzle that, that we highlight in here. And outbound definitely overlaps with account-based marketing, the Venn diagram there. But ABM can really be, it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people and can certainly be something that um, you are operating with in an inbound context. Outbound coming back in a big way is an additional trend um, because, like you said, um, folks like Marketo and HubSpot have really popularized that inbound concept. Sales reps want really warm leads, and you know if you can create great content and get people into the funnel, that's going to increase the chances of you know converting and getting the right folks. That's all good, um, and that is definitely something that most B two B companies are going to use in their marketing mix. But uh, in fact, the personalization capacity of outbound, the targeting capacity of outbound, the speed and scalability components of outbound are things that a lot of people are turning their eyes towards. They've been spending a lot of money creating good content, which as you know, isn't necessarily very easy to do. A lot goes into the strategy there. And unlike a channel like AdWords, you can't just dial up your spend and expect an increase in output along with quality. Content is, is laborious and um, people have invested in it with results, but now what they're seeing is I've got all this content now, 
but how do I get it into the hands of the people who I really want? You know, you can only attract so much of your audience, hope to attract so much of your audience through things like SEO and virality. Um, and for a lot of companies, they, they struggle at getting that content piece right. On the other side, with Outbound, you can target exactly the people you want as long as you have the, the data. And you can get hyper-personalized where actually in an inbound context, you're limited in most cases by the information that an individual gives you. Um, in outbound, you're only limited by the information you can go out there and get. And if you can go out there and get a lot, um, you can personalize in a way that it isn't possible with inbound. So that's another trend that we're seeing. We're actually seeing the pendulum swing back, not just from inbound heavy processes to somewhere in a 50-50 balance, but more in the other direction where people's revenue is actually coming uh, more like an 80-20 from, from outbound. A lot of the customers we have um, get around 80% of their leads from inbound and 20% of the revenue, and then vice versa when it comes to outbound. 20% of the leads, 80% of the revenue. So that's a big trend driving, again, just decision-making as a whole, but also technology adoption. An outbound email function um, doesn't necessarily operate with the same software that your uh, email marketing of you know an inbound flavor does. So people are adopting the you know technology they need to make that personalized outbound function work for them. Yeah, and I know that that's also kind of creating a lot of challenges in and of itself, where you have. Um, the SDRs, which are becoming, you know, a more common term and more and more, you know, people are hiring these roles and the outbound, which sits in this weird spot between sales and marketing in a way. Um, and so I'm curious how you've seen people kind of handle also the transition to adding that to the the mix um, and how that changes their entire process. Sure. Yeah. Like that SDR function definitely straddles those two departments. The demand gen function straddles those two departments. You asked a little bit earlier about how we, we came to write this ebook. And um, going back a little bit further, myself and uh, my co author, Jeremy Boudinet from Ambition, actually wrote an ebook together last year called Bridging the Gap, um, which is about account based sales development. Um, you can find that at accountbasedebook.com. Um, so there's definitely a continuity between those two free ebooks that are out there, the SDR function is um, something that a lot of sales organizations are using because every company wants to sell higher volume, higher ticket items um, to companies. They want to upsell and they want to you know, get more out of their existing customer base. SDRs are a great way to you know, basically start you know, churning and burning through some of the leads and finding the people who are actually a good fit or interested in, in a scalable way and then passing that off to uh, an AE. In order to actually do that, though, SDRs need to be familiar and have their hands on a lot of the marketing material. And when someone either inbounds or a marketing team sources a lead, they need to be up to speed on um, what's coming into the pipe. So there's always been a little bit of friction between the marketing and sales departments or at least a little bit of a division um, or you know, golden curtain. That's breaking down a lot because uh, in large part, the SDR function is bridging the gap between those two departments. 
Another thing that's happening there that relates to um, that as well as one of the other trends we point out is the fact that um, this technology stacks for both of these departments are getting extremely heavy. Operations is becoming a more important element for both marketing and sales because each of those departments is seeking to optimize and automate and operations is the mechanism through which you can do that. Uh, marketing ops and sales ops, because there is a uh, bridge in the technology used between these two departments really has to be in sync. So the SDR function as well as operation is a force that's pulling both marketing and sales together um, and an increased importance on the management of the SDR function as well as operations um, is a trend that we are seeing in 2017. That makes a lot of sense because, yeah, I mean, um, I know outbound, as soon as you start adding that to the mix, it becomes an entire addition, opera, uh, addition operational challenge to the inbound stuff you're already doing. You're already handling all the leads that are coming inbound, you know, getting rid of the 80% that are bad. With outbound, you're now also handling all those responses, trying to nurture those, scheduling calls. So uh, I know that adds a whole other operational aspect to it as well. Yes, absolutely. Nice. Well, um, any other key insights you want to pull um, in this as we kind of get close to wrapping up here? Anything else you want to um, point us to about Lead Genius or the ebook? Sure. I would just encourage people to go check it out. Um, B2Btrendsandtech.com is where you can find it. Um, this is something that is intended to be actionable, but really simple. Each of the chapters in here is a page, and then the technology index um, you know, is in addition to that. But this is something that is digestible and easy to pass around. For most of your audience who's probably in the marketing or sales space, um, I think that a lot of people know some of this stuff. They understand um, the big trends, or at least they see it and feel it. They read it, and they're like, I understand this. This resonates with me. I would encourage those people who see this and are like, okay, this is speaking my language, to share this with colleagues in other departments where they're not necessarily on the same page. A trend we see over here, and then also with other companies that we work with is that not just marketing and sales are being forced to align um, as companies adopt strategies like ABM or, or full funnel marketing, et cetera, but it's also customer success, it's products, it's technology. Um, those teams are, are jumping in as well. And you know, in large part, marketing is helping steer some of the things that used to be siloed in other departments and, and vice versa. But those folks might not be quite as up to speed on the trends that are shaping the marketing and sales needs um, at their company. So the more you can get people in the same room, the better off you're going to be when it comes to setting strategy, keeping people accountable, and building processes that are going to set you up for success in 2017. Now that's uh... That's great insight and advice, and that's you know almost you can use your guys this ebook that you guys have put together as almost the the cornerstone for everyone to look at to align on what's actually happening out there in the market. So I uh, love that thoughts and ways to use that. Awesome. Well, uh, William, I guess then can you just point us to where everyone can go online to find out more about you, Lead Genius, and the ebook? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you can go check out Lead Genius at leadgenius.com. On our blog, blog.leadgenius.com, we've got a bunch of reports and whiteboard videos and stuff like that that you might want to check out if you're interested in some of these topics. Um, ABM, um, account-based marketing specifically, and some of the operations stuff. We've got a lot of great video content on 
you can find me on Twitter, W Wiki, W I C K E Y. Um, and the ebook is at b2btrendsintech.com. Uh, check it out. There's a free download there. And, you know, I don't expect it to be um, every single chapter, every single trend relevant to every single person who downloads it. But I'm hoping that a good portion of it is. And as always, with everything floating around out there, you need to take what works and move on from the stuff that doesn't. But I can guarantee there will be at least one thing that you say, this is something I see happening at our company right now. And um, with that in mind, I can make better informed decisions about the technology I'm going to adopt in 2017. Yeah. I love it. one of the things that I just found really useful when I, even when I personally went through it was just going through and even looking in some of the areas that I was already using and I knew the trends. But just seeing the technology tools, the new ones that are emerging or coming up or the new leaders and seeing those and looking at, you know, alternatives to what I'm currently using or anything along those lines. That's one of the things that I also just found really valuable about the resource as well. Awesome. It's great to hear. Awesome. Well, thanks again for having me on. Or thanks again for coming on here, William. I appreciate you taking the time. Yes, thank you. And I thank, thanks to the audience for, for listening and staying with us. And um, yeah, look forward to, to chatting with you again very soon. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find links and show notes from today's episode at leadersofb2b.com. 